Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Two items I want to hit in this episode. As promised in the last podcast, I want to take a look at what the Lakers have cobbled together for next season, but I also want to dive into Steph Curry opting to stay with the Golden State Warriors for another four years in return for $215 million, making him the first player ever to sign two contracts that topped the $200 million mark, for whatever that's worth, other than more than $400 million. At this point, it all feels like monopoly money. Even when I was explaining in the last podcast how Trey Young's reported $207 million deal was actually $172 million, I have to admit, the distinction between someone 35 more or fewer millions of dollars is like talking about eating steak 300 times a year versus 265 times. At some point, the numbers become so ridiculously large and so removed from what the average person can relate to that it seems almost pointless. As if we should look at a player who only signed a $100 million contract, such as Jared Allen, and feel some kind of different way about him because he's not making $172 million like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But let me just state it for the record. I am officially fascinated by what the Los Angeles Lakers have put together for next season. It doesn't mean I believe they're the team to beat, or I'm coming off my belief that LeBron is done winning rings. It just means they've put together an interesting enough collection of players 
that I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. It started with Russell Westbrook being acquired for Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell, which struck me as a classic paper over the disappointment with a glitzy new name on the marquee move. You know, the way the Lakers brought in Dwight Howard and Steve Nash to play with Kobe and Pal Gasol, or when they added Carl Malone and Gary Payton to Shaq and Kobe. Moves that put you on the cover of a season preview magazine, but not necessarily a championship commemorative one. For those who haven't been following at home, the Lakers gathered the, uh, the oldest available free agents they could to put around 36-year-old LeBron and 28-year-old walking ouchie Anthony Davis. Those players were Carmelo Anthony, 37, Dwight Howard, 35, Trevor Ariza, 36, Wayne Ellington, 33, and Kent Bazemore, 32. And then they slapped on a couple of younger washouts elsewhere in Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. It's been a wild ride for Nunn so far. He went from the G League to starting most of his rookie year for the Heat before the pandemic hit, then played sparingly off the bench in the bubble until the Heat ran out of bodies in the finals against the Lakers, and he averaged almost 20 minutes a game. He returned to the starting lineup for good in the 23rd game this past season and stayed right through the first two games of the Heat's first round series against the Bucks. Then it was back to the bench, although he played pretty much the same amount of minutes. That the Heat actually made him a qualifying offer and then withdrew it, either as a favor to none and his agent because he had a better offer or because they needed the cap room to sign Lowry only adds to the intrigue. I haven't crunched, crunched the numbers enough to know, and to be perfectly transparent, I don't really care which of those things resulted in none being set free. They re-upped Duncan Robinson to the tune of $90 million and let none walk. That's all I know. He struck me as a Ben McLemore, Dion Waiters type of player. Could get streaky hot, but if he wasn't scoring, he was making too many oh-no decisions to keep him on the floor. That kind of player generally doesn't last, especially in an organization like the Heat, which is all about attention to detail. As for Monk, short of a miraculous turnaround with the Lakers, he will be remembered as the Hornets lottery pick taken in the 2017 draft ahead of, drumroll please, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, John Collins, OG Ananobi, and Kyle Kuzma. In four seasons with the Hornets, Monk appeared in 233 games, starting exactly one. Need I remind you, we're talking about the Hornets, who over those four seasons never finished better than four games under 500. The reason I'm looking forward to watching the Lakers is because they are truly a mixed bag. Ariza is a pro's pro, but I don't know how much he has left. He does not suffer teams or teammates who don't play the right way. How he'll fit with Westbrook, who plays incredibly hard, but also can be incredibly hard to play with because his decisions are often split second and often wrong. Then there's Dwight Howard, who has evolved into a super efficient player off the bench, but has a fun-loving demeanor that is in direct contrast to Westbrook's snarling approach to every minute of every game. 
I can't imagine Nunn or Monk earning LeBron's trust or playing fast enough to stay with Westbrook, which means coach Frank Vogel is going to be hard-pressed to find a reason to play them short of injuries. Then there's Carmelo Anthony, who the Blazers featured so much in their offense, he averaged as many shots coming off the bench for them per minute as he did in OKC as a starter. There was already so much buzz around this team because of the names that expectations are going to be very high from the gate, but I don't see what their calling card is going to be. Transition defense could be a big problem, as will finding a set rotation. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, and Alec Caruso were all dirty work guys, and Dennis Schroeder loved taking on the challenge of shutting down the opposing point guard. The bigger the star, the more eager he was to make life hell for them. Who are the Lakers' dirty work guys now, so that AD and LeBron can keep their hands clean and their bodies intact? Ariza is the closest thing they have coming in the door. Ellington isn't bad, but he's not on KCP or Caruso's level. I'm just not sure the guys leaving the Lakers were appreciated as much as they should have been because of how things ended. But I'm betting there will be greater appreciation for them when Lakers fans see the new crew in action. Kind of like Danny Green was run out of town and then pined for when Wes Matthews was not the upgrade that everyone anticipated. Same for Marcus Saul replacing Dwight Howard, which is another mini-drama to keep an eye on. Gasol wasn't happy when Drummond cut into his minutes at the end of last season, so I can't imagine he'll be thrilled when Howard does the same. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Now on to Steph Curry agreeing to stay with the Warriors for an additional four years, essentially taking him through the last bit of whatever prime he has left. I'm not one of those who thinks he played his best basketball this past season, as some have suggested. What he did was shoot and make an incredible number of high degree of difficulty shots, more than we've ever seen him or maybe anyone ever make before. But here's the thing. This isn't gymnastics. Extra points aren't awarded for degree of difficulty. So as amazing as it was to watch, the theatrics didn't produce any more wins than someone scoring in more mundane fashion. I don't say that to bash Steph or discount what he did at all. It's just the reality. It was a great show, a spectacularly fun watch. But in the end, it wasn't any more than that. When I said on FS1 that it made no sense for Steph to leave his options open in case the Warriors aren't good enough to win another ring because he is the anti-LeBron, the anti-KD, the anti-Russ, and the anti-Harden, a lot of LeBron, KD, Russ, and Harden fans seem to get upset. 
Steph didn't have to chase rings because KD came to him and because he had the good fortune of winning his first ring against the shorthanded LeBron-led Cavs squad and because blah, blah, blah. Those were all the reasons that people took exception to what I said about him being the anti. As if LeBron didn't benefit from the same thing winning a ring in Cleveland or another one in the bubble or that KD didn't benefit from coming to the Warriors. It's all a two-way street. But here's the thing, those who think Steph is overrated, that he doesn't deserve to stand in the golden light of a superstar who has won three titles, don't understand. Steph would never deny that he benefited from KD's decision to join the Warriors, or from being blessed to have the perfect compliments to his skill set in Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and an owner in Joe Lacob willing to shell out the necessary coin to keep Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. It's exactly why it makes no sense for him to go hopscotching around to serve his interests elsewhere. Because he knows how fickle the pursuit of a championship can be. He wants to be respected as a great player, a winner, but all that talk of where he ranks with KD or LeBron is of no concern or interest to Steph. He's not trying to prove anything to anybody out there. He's just trying to prove something to himself. It's an inside job. I'm not just taking a flyer on all that. I've been around him enough, and I've had enough conversations with him about his place in the game, that I believe I know what motivates him, what drives him. LeBron, KD, Russ, James, they all seem to be battling demons of some sort, degrees of dissatisfaction with what people give them credit for, or how they're seen in the big picture. Steph, conversely, has a quiet peace about him. You could see it in how he plays. It's with joy. Think about it. How often do LeBron, KD, Russ, or Harden appear to be truly enjoying themselves? For Steph to suddenly take the attitude that the Warriors are not good enough for him, or might not be, would require a complete personality change, and not for the better. It would diminish him. He's the little guard out of Davidson, with the baby face and the bad ankles, quietly resented by some because he grew up in a stable home and the lap of luxury afforded the kids of a successful NBA player and his dad, Del Curry. He's not going to apologize for that, nor has he ever tried to deny it. I've been blessed, he would tell you. So why would I want to mess all of that up? The Bay Area holds him in the highest regard, arguably higher than any athlete who has played in the Bay Area, which includes quite a few amazing players. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Will Clark, Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Buster Posey, Madison Bumgarner, Chris Mullen. If Steph were to leave for potentially greener pastures, he would lose that. Without any guarantee he'd accomplish any more anywhere else and certainly never be beloved in the same way. He's way too smart, way too close to the end of the line, way too cognizant of what he has, and way too appreciative. 
He is as fierce of a competitor as I've ever seen, but he's also one of the most normal and content. He doesn't have to go looking for something more because he knows he already has everything that a man could or should want. I just don't get that same feeling from KD or LeBron or Russ or James, which is why I said he is the opposite of them because he is not as a player, as a person at his core. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the next episode, we will have seen Team USA play Australia for the right to advance to the gold medal game against either Slovenia or France. I'm sure we will get into what happens in both of those games in the next podcast, if they are played early enough for me to get both of them in. I suspect the France-Slovenia game may be a little too late, but we shall see. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.